Hello, I'm Letitia McClough. And I'm Andrew O'Brien. And you're listening to The The Virgin Virgin Gardener Gardener Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of The Virgin Gardener Podcast. The podcast for anyone who cares about gardens, plants and creating a veritable Eden for their outdoor space. We're going to be taking a look at garden design in this episode, chatting to our guest about her practice and a bit about work-life balance, as well as fitting in those tips and tricks for your own space that we promised you way back at the start of the year. Yes, and we are really thrilled today to have Butter Wakefield with us. Butter is what you might call a career change designer and gardener. She began her creative life working in interiors with Colfax and Fowler, and she went on from there to study at the English Gardening School and afterwards at the London College of Garden Design. She's been designing absolutely beautiful private gardens for 15 years now. And if you look at her social media, it's patently obvious that this is not just a job for her. Her gardening style manages the highly impressive feat of combining an air of sophistication and elegance with a sense of mother nature just allowing herself to be held back from overflowing, which, if you've ever seen how I garden, you know is right up my street. Her planting is so full of colour and texture you could kind of almost chew it. It's generous and there's a real heart to it and I love it. Anyway, all these things were in evidence on Butter's Garden for the fabulous outdoor furniture makers Gaze Burville at the Chelsea Flower Show last month, for which she deservedly bagged the award for Best Trade Stand. And that will no doubt be sitting on her trophy cabinet alongside the Gold Medal and People's Choice Awards for her garden at the first RHS Chatsworth show last year. Butter, welcome to the Virgin Gardener podcast, and thank you so much for being here. Uh, We need to get something very important out of the way first. Your name makes me want to have another baby. How on earth did you get it? That is hilarious. Well, firstly, thank you for inviting me along. I mean, I think I'm so, I feel so honored. Me and James, my God. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yes, golly. So anyway, so Butter came as when, thanks to my pa, dear pa, he, I was enormously fat like a butterball. And that <laughs> is how it happened. And um, the ball part dropped, few, and I've been called butter since I was a babe, really. So just for you, ever, forever. It's just so good because it, it's instantly recognizable. I mean, presumably you don't even need to use your surname. Never need to use my second name. So. Like Rihanna. <laughs> yes. Or Beyonce. Rihanna. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like mega big star diva thing. Yeah. yeah. I need a name like that. I love it. You I have know. a good name, Andrew. I like your name. <laughs> There's millions of Andrews. Well, <laughs> anyway, now I'm going to get down to business, Butter. I need to ask you about the process of creating a stand at Chelsea on the back of what you've just done last month, perhaps for all the aspiring designs out there. So how does it begin? Is there a kind of competition for it or do you have to pitch to someone? Well, I was in, I've been in, I was invited by Gaze Burville um, to, yes, exactly, pitch, com- compete, j- submit a drawing mm-hmm. and, and compete against three people and he asked me to do it last year as well and I was unsuccessful last year mm-hmm. which was so heartbreaking oh, but um, this year um, yes yeah so I, I won the little bit of business and then I submitted my drawing with pretty much you know the the drawing I submitted is the is what we saw at Chelsea so right. it was that there were very little few very few amends I I mean he they were great they were the most marvelous clients they mm. said to me 
You choose the furniture you want us to display. You choose oh, the fabric. Wonderful. You choose. You choose absolutely everything you want, and so that was like being a kid in a sweetie shop. So they just like, let Ooh. you loose on their catalogue. Yeah, virtually. So I mean, I have some real favourites, which I hmm. have very happily and successfully uh, supplied to clients. So it was kind of I circled back to the splash sofa, which I love and mm. just admire for its sheer magnitude and beauty and then you know we needed he did one of the there were two requirements I had to get a dining table in and I mm -hmm. also had to work the kitchen in so those were my two you know only only set requirements so yeah but easy that's a great kind of um brief to have really isn't it it sort of really brings it back to a, a sort of living space an outdoor living space well that was the idea I think they're sort of in the process of kind of rebranding and they wanted to really uh, get this whole concept of living life outside, you know, out there. And mm. so, it, it, you, you know, my, I wanted, and I wanted to, I, I knew exactly what was missing from their stands in previous years. So right. I, I really set to, and I really concentrated on the fabric of the, that was on the furniture and, you know, the, making it as I would, you know, I d designed as a proper garden, basically, yeah. that I would deliver to my clients. I was so. going to say, because the trade stands have been getting better and better and more, they've been kind of merging with the show gardens over the past few years, haven't they? And this one really felt like a, a garden that you could walk into rather than a shop front. Mm. Well, I, I the, the other thing that I think I did, which hasn't been done in the past, according to dear Simon Burgle, and that is I didn't overload the stand with furniture I didn't mm. you know I chose my set pieces but then we didn't have sort of one of those and one of those and oh, well we better just put one of those in <laughs> yeah. just. so so I really wanted to you know make it seem as realistic you know yeah as possible in the space allowed so I that, you know so that that kind of worked which was good phew yeah. and it felt it really is it's furniture of dreams isn't it it's, it's furniture of dreams I, mean, I love the way oh. it ages too it's incredible mm. but just the the quality I mean I it was so easy to get behind because the quality and the craftsmanship is second to none I mean mm. you know you I had plenty of opportunity you know throughout show week to really examine the furniture you, you know you ne one never really gets time to sort of have a good old look around and and every detail every stop mm. and start every you know corner piece end piece is so beautifully thought out mm. so it was you know it was a, a joy i am really fascinated by the logistics involved with pulling something like this off plants wise mm. so how on earth do you choose a grower who will and what how how do you get them to guarantee that they're going to have what you want up and blooming in time or are there no guarantees how does it work well it was a tricky spring wasn't it and there were a lot of fails mm. it was cold 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 for the longest time yeah. and um i think it was really hard for these poor show show growers to produce the goods for um you know a lot of clients but i i had i took the view that i have two or three great nurseries who I always use for all my business. So my trees and hedging came from Deepdale and I work very closely with dear Mark Garden mm -hmm. and he supplied me with my beautiful horn beams and he very cleverly, I was kind of waffling, shall I go, you know, 18 to 20 girth, centimeter girth or shall I go 20, 25, you know, worrying about my planting space because the bigger the tree, the bigger the root ball, the less planting for other things. So he said, butter, you're on main Avenue. You've got to go 2025. And, Great advice. I mean, thank you, mm. Mark. And he was right. You know, you need, 
you need scale, don't you? Coming down Main Avenue, okay, I'm a trades then, I'm not a proper garden, but you know, you could see my trees, you know, and I, yeah. and I was like, okay, tick, that is good, you know, good, yeah. good. So, um, and then I, and then I also have a terribly good relationship with Chichester's, Chichester's, <laughs> trees and shrubs, and Gareth, um, I've known for years, Gilpin, and he's a genius, and I said to him, you know, I, I, the way I think it works best is if I just go down and choose plants a month before that I think that we all think are going to be good. And then two weeks before that, I come back after that, I go back and do a sort of shortened version of that, of that list. And okay. that's how, I mean, so I didn't have a master plan, which was scary. And I, 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 to say that I didn't have the budget wasn't isn't quite right, but you know I I didn't I didn't have a you know endless huge great big fat wallet to dig into in terms, and I had to you know be economical and choose things that were going to look good, and not pre I didn't have the luxury of pre ordering anything, and then off I went from Chichester's to Hortus for you know all the little bits of magic that I had there. So those three nurseries totally sorted me out and God bless them because they really produced the goods. So they're basically happy for you to um, to give them an expanded list to start with and then um, perhaps not not take everything on that list. They're happy for you to sort of hone in. As yes, I think I think that's how um, these show gardens really work. I think there's a, a master list and then it gets whittled down. Things fail. Things don't gotcha. grow as, 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 you know, one hopes they might. And, and so you just keep circling back, keep visit. I mean, the, the key is just to keep visiting the nurseries and, and see, you know, what's looking good. So mm. mine changed. I was all for pink and orange when I started. Really? I thought I'm having Rosa Gertrude and I'm having GM tanger, totally tangerine. And I, there was not a bit of it. I, firstly, <laughs> firstly, they sold the Gertrude Jekyll roses. So I was like, okay, well, I won't be using that. And, and because I didn't order it, you know, I just sort of said, that's, you know, can you set some aside? Well, that, you know, that little bit of set aside got swallowed up by somebody's big fat order. And so I went back and said, well, then what about Rosa Munstead Wood? And I sort of went from pinks and oranges to reds and purples. Oh, and, I love Munstead so, Wood. Yes, favourite good rose. It oh, smells wonderful. Cracker. Yeah, it looks funny. It was well, a lovely colour palette as mm. well, and even though it wasn't the one that you chose, but um, you know the kind of really fresh yeah. greens and well, it's amazing well. because um, they said to me, "Butter, it's we are this is brilliant because there was so much totally tangerine last year, yeah, and particularly on the Gaysborough stand as well, which I didn't kind of realise because I was up at Chatsworth then, uh, so." Uh, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, I never really saw the Gaysborough stand last year in person. I saw it on, I, you know, snuck about and looked at it online lots as I was kind of remembering what mm. on earth I was supposed to be doing there. And, um, and so it was a very fresh look for them, which is good. It's really interesting listening to you talk about your relationship with um, Gaysborough as, as kind of, of a client, because so much of a successfully designed garden comes down to the relationship between the client and the designer. Um, as you'll know from your own private practice. But with a, a show garden, this is kind of complicated. Mm. In fact, I'm kind of not even sure really who the client is, if it's the sponsor or the judges or this sort of imaginary client from whose point of view the designer writes the brief. So with show gardens, like you did at Chatsworth, does it all become about the medal in the end to the extent that mm. you've 
you've just sort of writing really to the judges' criteria. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I mean, I I, I think um, anyone who has done a show garden and who says it's not about the metal is not telling the truth. <laughs> it is all about the metal, I'm afraid. And, but also, it's also, yeah, funnily enough, but, but also it is, it is delivering the goods for your client. So mm. that is winning a gold medal, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. you, you can't, there's, I had um, a funny experience with um, the girl who was kind of running point on the Chatsworth Garden. And she at one point said, we don't care what metal we get. Just don't worry about that. And I was just like, right. what? <laughs> I, I, I ignored that. I ignored that little bit of advice. I think she was trying to sort of calm me down and yeah. and placate me and just and reassure me that they were you know they just wanted the lovely creation that I was mm. you know, ho- mm. hopefully going to deliver. But by Jingo, when we won the gold and then we won People's Choice after Chatsworth. They, you know, they could, I mean, it was just beyond their wildest dreams. Well, mine as well, too, of course. Mm. But so, you know, and it just the press circle around it that you've got a gold medal. They they suddenly become very interested in you, obviously. Mm. And the television cameras come and then yeah. people's choice. And, and you're delivering three times, threefold more than you would have done if you'd gotten a silver or bronze. And yeah. No people, no people's choice. So, you know, with a... A good metal comes good PR. Yeah, so yeah. I, and that's what it's so. all about. It's, yeah, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a win-win for everyone, isn't mm. it? So yeah. when uh, can we just ask? Let's just steer things back a bit to when yeah. you first started as a designer, and can we talk about that first proper job? Because I think for people starting out, it must be kind of hard to conceive that someone so established and famous, etc., a professional famous. like you, um, they, they, they actually had a first garden. How nerve-wracking mm. is it to kind of assemble a team for the first time and set up trade accounts and do the do the horrific invoices yeah. and all that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Is that something you yeah, No, it was brutal. I mean, I, I, I even now, I mean, there's not... Uh, you embark on a big project and even now I wake up in the middle of the night thinking, Oh my God, have have I done that? And did I specify that? You know, so it, 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 I, it never stops um, becoming anything less than deeply worrying. Um, And, and um, I have a wonderful um, friend called Julia Samuel, who is the, who wrote several books on grief and she's been a, loyal trusted friend and she just said to me you know at various stages of my little life you know but you just have to pretend if you don't know all the answers you have to pretend that you do know all the answers and you have to basically fake it till you make it and I was like okay that's quite helpful you're right and but she said but also equally when you don't know the answers there's no harm in not knowing the answers and you just simply need to say that you don't know the answers and then everyone goes oh well fine she doesn't know the answer so we'll (laughs) we'll figure it out you know well you know so I you you ask questions you get help where you need it and Mm. you don't pretend you know you there's a little bit of pretending let's go let's face it but you know you you kind of come clean with you know what you can do and what you can't do and everyone respects you and and people love helping people don't they mm. so yes. you know it, it works in your advantage no that's that, really... so that so what what about that first garden tell us about that first job you know gosh i mean well i my the reason it it, it kind of started was um i had just 
finished working at Colfax and Fowler, which was heavenly. And I, an old girlfriend of my ex-husband said to me, oh, come on, just come and help me do my garden. She just bought a big house on Hammersmith Grove with a huge garden. And she said, I know you know what you're doing. And and until you really don't know what you're doing, let's just muddle along. And I said, you know, I was like, well, God, OK. Well, and I knew I, I was I wanted to run down this road. So I thought, you know, you are a brave, good soul. You know, I don't oh, that's know a I, really I, yeah. nice way to begin, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, really nice way. And she mm. and I said, well, I will make mistakes. She said, that's absolutely fine. I don't mind. We'll figure it out. And I said, OK. Okay, so we gently started and I redesigned her flower beds, made them, they were straight and boring and narrow and made them fat and curvy <laughs> and we put up trellis and we sculpted a bay tree and we, you know, we just planted it up, it up so that it was full of seasonal interest and color and she loved it. <laughs> so, I, but it, but it was terrifying, but she really, you know, took the plunge and and had a leap of and you know leap a little a little bit of a leap of faith and mm. and then I got busy learning. I thought you know if I am going to do this, I've got to get some courses under my belt. I've got to understand what on earth I'm doing. So I did. I went and did some short courses at the English Gardening School, and then I did um, the year long practical horticultural course at the English Gardening School. And then suddenly, with a bit of knowledge, comes a bit of confidence and. It just, you know, sort of gradually snowballs. You know, you just begin to understand the world of green and growing and how to, how to be a good service provider. And it's all about communication. So there, you know, you learn as you go, don't you? I, mm. I'm still kind of learning, really. So... Absolutely. That confidence and communication are so key, aren't they? And, it's um, key. I was just mm. wondering how much you rely on those um, when selling ideas to a client. Are, are they always of the same mind as you or do you find that you have to deal with difficult clients sometimes and, and sort of bring them around to your point of view? And, and how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm forever having to suge suggest and steer and guide. And, you know, through experience, I can say, well, if you really want a good border it has to be at least 1.2 meters deep oh, or yeah. if you really want comfortable seating it needs to be at least four meters deep here mm. and six meters you know so so you with a bit of practice and with a bit of knowledge of course knowledge is key you can make sound suggestions which everyone can uh, understand and and then you can sort of get them on board i think a tape measure is almost your best marketing tool oh really can, oh yeah i mean you never go anywhere without one you know you can just lay it on the ground and say this is what a 1.8 meter diameter table is going to look like this is how it's going to feel in your five meter square dining area you know mm. so i i think they can you can't like mistake a tape measure that's no. what's so great about them and and they and they they're your best tool because it's clear and concise and measured yeah um, that is that's absolutely brilliant that you're b basically backing up everything with fact mm. yeah um i wanted to ask about your life really before um before garden designing uh, i know you spent years working in interiors for Colfax and Fowler but you've always been a working woman and you've been a very um you've been a, a very hands-on mother and you have four children I'm going to repeat that 
for <laughs> children. <laughs> so I, I'm also, I, but I'm painfully aware that we, we never asked James Alexander Sinclair how he balanced home life and garden designing and whether it was a good uh, good mm, mix um, and yeah. so I hold my hands up to that and say that was everyday sexism without knowing it but yeah. can you tell us a bit about how you how you managed to balance that um, with your training and setting up a business and everything well I mean there were real pinch points as you can imagine I mean the school holidays were the enemy basically I mean because mm. uh, you know Monday to Friday school term Everyone has a place to go. I mean, when they were li really little, I, I was kind of, I had good help, but I was working part-time at Colfax and Fowler, and then gave that up once uh, the second baby came along and started, you know, running down this garden design road, which, which um, you know, was great. But I can remember when I did my first year-long course at the English Gardening School, my family hated me. They said, yeah. never again are you going to do... Because, you know, it was like, ah, up all night, <laughs> you know, endless late, you know, getting papers in on time and, you know, hideous amounts of studying and writing. And, well, yeah, I did that course mm. too, and I, I, but I didn't have a family and I would never have even dreamt of... I don't know how you did that. Yeah, I'm, me either. Anyway, they all wanted to divorce me. They thought I was ghastly. And I was. <laughs> I was, you know, I, you know, I, I, I can remember just giving them baked beans on toast the whole time you know just, sorry it's baked beans again they're like Ugh. it's a very you know. nutritious meal yes, exactly. <laughs> so um yeah so there's it's a little bit of a shuffle you know juggling act isn't it you know but i suppose i was there for all the critical you know every sport i never missed a sports day i never missed a you know school picnic i never missed an, an assembly so mm. it, it it just kind of doing just you know you just have to be super organized and and efficient and juggle juggle like crazy and and also I think you know the really good thing actually about the whole, the whole thing is just setting a very good strong example for the children I've always worked and mm. they're all little worker bees and I think they understand that that's how it's had to be and you know I, I think I it's a good footprint in the sand to see you know that what it's like and 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 to run your own business like they're they're adorable now they're all you know the youngest one's 20 and the oldest mm. one's about to be 29 so i'm well past the mothering you know <laughs> daily mothering things yeah would you say garden design is a kind of family friendly route to take or is it just the same as running your own business in whatever field do you think well you, you know what it, i think actually it is kind of because mm. if i'm not creating something or, or gardening in my own gardening I, I am creating for other people and 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 providing them and their family with you, you know a happy yeah, time so absolutely. you know it, it, it it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily work from from my own personal standpoint but from my client's point of view I think it really is possibly one of the nicest things yeah. I can do as a, you know providing that service you know yeah, it's all centered family. around the home isn't it yeah yeah which I'm a great believer in I think mm. the home is you know one's everything and and making making it beautiful outside you know for them is a, a joyous i heard a, a, joyous... a quote that you said i can't quite remember exactly what you said but it was something to do with you know every home should have the garden that it deserves i i think so i mean i think the green space front and back or or back and whatever is what actually brings the home to life actually you know without without a you know a beautiful 
view beyond. You know, the house sits glumly, you, you know, with without that. So it's just an an, an additional what masterpiece that you can give to your house yeah I think, in a yeah way. no i completely understand that and that sort of brings us on to the next question that i wanted to ask you which was right at the beginning of this episode i was enthusing a bit about your um planting style which i think is really characteristic mm. of you um but how did you develop that particular style and and who would you say are your greatest influences on that particular aspect of your work i i think um I learned so much. You know, I was very lucky when I was a student at the London College of Garden Design from mm -hmm. 2013 to 14. Andrew Wilson, oh, uh, um, God, yeah. who's an, I know, my, my oh, love that man. No, no. He, he very sweetly invited me to help him plant up his garden at Chelsea. Oh, which one was that? That wasn't the... That um... was the Cloudy Bay Oh, one. that was one of my oh, favourites ever. Yeah, beautiful. With that beautiful. singed oak mm. wood stuff. Yes, oh. yes. That dreamy, was brilliant. dreamy. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I watched him uh, set his plants out and I just was completely enthralled by mm. the way he did it. That's very rhythmical, undulating, see-through. He calls it his gauzy planting. And I mm. just thought, yeah, that is genius and that is how I'm going to try and do things when I can. That so, was a glorious know. garden and there were so many layers. I can see what you're talking about, how that mm. would be. And, and for all our listeners... Um, this particular garden we're talking about made special allowance for wine. Um, because <laughs> yes! and, and that should be built into every garden. It even had a rill that cooled the wine down, yes, that was a, which so is a kind clever. of stream water <laughs> so feature. So, sorry, Butter, I was interrupting there. So, no, he was a great influencer and, um, and has become, you know, a dear, dear friend. And, and subsequently he asked me to plant up his other Chelsea garden. So I feel like... I always learn from him. He always teaches me something new. So he, he, I really hold him up in highest regard, actually. Mm. Um, and, and then I suppose just day to day, I mean, a, a, planting a show garden, of course, is very different from planting a client's garden. You don't generally get the budget and the, you know, you don't have the wherewithal and you don't have that this sort of you're not putting five liter pots side by side as you are in, in sort of a, a, a Chelsea show garden or, or a show garden. You're putting P9s and 1.5 liter pot, you know. So yeah. it's a completely different thing. But I, I I'm I'm a great one for always thinking about seasonal planting. You know, I mm -hmm. I, I think I as a designer have a duty of care to you know, make sure that the garden has something. It doesn't have to be, you know, all singing, all dancing, but mm. there needs to be something most of the time going on in the garden. So seasonality is, is quite crucial in my planting style. I'm a great one for a shrub. I, you know, I, I, I really think, you know, particular favorite is a hydrangea, as you, uh, yeah. you know, might have seen. So I, I think, you, you know, just mixing, mixing, mixing the herbaceous with the shrubs and always a clip shape yeah. is kind of my, my kind of go-to kind of style. I, I think, think that's quite a thing with you, isn't it? Because you have this contrast, which I love, of the kind of clip shapes and the discipline of that, but around it, you've and that's the kind of structure that would um, persist throughout the winter, but then you've also got a lot of fluffy meadow-type um, and, and wild plants. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. I love that. 
Okay, so Butter, here is the time where we grill you mercilessly with all the questions we very greedily want answers to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question number one, your top three design tricks for small spaces, please. Okay, um, small spaces best when you scale up. Think big. So don't put small in small, put big in small. So big parts, big paving stones, big trellises, one big tree is worth a thousand little tiny trees, you know, so yeah. that's number one. Number two is get your vertical interest in, you know, get wires on the walls, trellis, and get some height, you know, kind of get the, so that you're not just seeing the small patch at ground level, your, your mm -hmm. eyes are taken upwards. Mm -hmm. And um, also, I, I, you know, I mean, call me a little bit traditional and old fashioned, but, you know, Get a mirror in if you can. I mean, I, you know, yes. sorry, but it should be antiqued, the mirror. And, of course. You know, but uh, I'm a, you know, Chelsea trade stand. There was a little bit of antique mirror in my, on my splashback. And it just does bounce light and movement and reflection. And it helps to make things look bigger than they are. So perfect. What brilliant, brilliant tricks. I love those. Uh, my next question, your favorite plants, the ones that turn up in all your designs. Just give us a few of yeah, those okay, so that we can ready? steal your style. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. I can't, I just am obsessed with Acamilla Mollus. I'm sorry, I okay. know. No, good for you. She's, you know, everywhere, but I love her. Yeah, love well, her. Well, that's, you know, that she, that she is the original and the best. So, mm, yeah, I get it. I think so. And then, I, you know, I, I, woe is the garden I designed without a rose in place. So, Acamilla, roses, and, and call me predictable, but Napita, I mean, I just, <gasps> yeah. so those kind of always, mm -hmm. and a, maybe a salvia or two. Oh, happy bee okay, What kind of salvia? Well, ca Caradonna, I think, just think is the best one, but I oh. love Nockflinder too, less mm. kind, and uh, Armistead, of course, but uh, I think the Caradonna is perhaps mm. the most reliable, best, mm. strongest grower in colour, and oh, can't get away it's from it. It's a great that. list, and of course your hydrangea, what's mm. your, what's, is it your Annabelle, or what's your favourite? Well, I, I must have, I'm looking at my garden now from my kitchen, and I must have 10 hydrangea annabelles in my not particularly big <laughs> garden and they i know they're punctuated with a, a, a hydrangea limelight every now and then mm. so i think the pair of those you can't you can't go wrong and what's clever is if you put your limelight kind of slightly in front of your annabelle the limelight holds up your annabelle yeah, in a way. so plan. you can use them as sort of brace bracing your, your sometimes floppy Annabelle. Amazing. That is a top tip. Okay, mm. so next question. Your most used small tree. Favourite small tree, please. I would have to say Amalankia Lamarckii. Uh, <gasps> yeah, You're a little you after go. my own heart. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Just for you. <laughs> just for me. Mm. Although I've got the wrong one. <laughs> no, you don't. You have the... You're no. just describing our gardens. <laughs> you Excellent. are indeed. <laughs> okay next question how much time honestly be honest how much time do you get to spend in your own gorgeous garden do you have help so monday to friday i am lucky if i get a walk through actually i do have some mm. sweet peas growing behind my trellis screens which i nip down tight run down tie them in and run out again that's monday <laughs> to friday and then saturday and sunday i have to say once the dog has walked i'm in there 
as much as I can be. So that would be for, for, for you know, four or five hours, both days on Saturday oh, and Sunday. That's, that's if you don't know other requirements. So, mm. uh, but no, I don't, I don't do it all myself to answer your other question. I wish I, I wish I had time to, but I do get help with kind of the bigger things. Like I've got a rather big viburnum, um, opulus roseum mm. in my garden, which really needs to be pruned right this minute. It's mm-hmm. it's way too tall and way too fat, and I might get not help doing it, but it's it's the clearing up that is. Oh, difficult. forgot, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the stuff yeah, that has to come the through the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. For yeah. Sure. So you mentioned your your um, your trellis. Um, talk to us about your other screening secrets. How do you? What are your favorite ways in your garden and in your clients' gardens to 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 block out ugly things or neighbors? Mm. Well, I mean, obviously a, tre- a trellis trellis starting with a trellis is is a- a- always crucial. But I think planting trees. You know, I think getting your 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 trees in helps hugely because they will. You know, you get height immediately, and then mm. you get uh, you know, seasonal change and you get interest and uh, at, you know, not just eye level, but above. So again, it's a way to, to block the, you know, second story of your neighbor's house yeah. and, you know, behind you as well as, you know, lower down. So trees, always useful. Yeah, trellis and trees, kind of how I do it. <laughs> no, I was actually just, I yeah. was remembering the brilliant thing you used on the, the used on the Gaze Burval stand, um, which was like an instant screen that you can buy. Oh, correct. Oh my God, Mobilane. So Mobilane yeah. is genius. So Sorry. No, well, you re- reminded me. So they do, the European company and they do instant screening and they're grown on they're in baskets of 200 by 400 deep for the double baskets so that will get you three meters instantly and that's what we use and that's what we use at Chelsea so and that was Ivy but they do smaller trachea screens so you can you know it's genius, actually. So thank you for reminding yeah, it's, me. It, 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 mm. it, it affected me. I thought, I'll, I'll be oh. having some of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrew, over to you. Okie doke. We've talked about shrubs and we've talked about um, some of the perennials that you really like using. But um, what are your cannot-live-without-bulbs butter? Mm. I love a tulip black parrot. I just... Oh, and yeah. ballerina. Oh, I think so they're gorgeous. my two favourite tulips. Two favorite tulips, and I'm mad about a Fritillaria meleagris, of course, mm-hmm. and an allium. I mean, I was going to say I, alliums. I, you you mm. use quite a lot, don't you? Yeah, it's all the time. I would never not put an allium purple sensation. But newly discovered, actually, at the mm. Chelsea Flower Show is, and I'm not. It's not brand new to the scene, but I clocked it this year, and I thought, oh, I'll be having you, and that's allium purple rain. Oh, I've seen that one. Ooh, so. Good, strong color. Not as good as as Purple Sensation, but mm. bigger and stronger than, say, Globemaster or, or, you know, really? those. Yeah, just really good, strong grower, but with a more intense color. So mm, look out for Purple Rain. Mm. I'll put all of these in the show notes, by the way. <laughs> all Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And then good. we'll plunder them. That's fantastic. <laughs> and now, um, 
everyone kind of wants is are really mad for wildflowers and well I'm not oh. say won't say everyone actually because some people still think they're a bit weedy but I think everyone who's sensible mm. wants a mini meadow <laughs> um, and you've just kind of shoved one in your own garden fairly recently um, but they're not particularly easy to do it sounds like oh you'll just leave leave it to go leave, you know leave it alone and it'll turn into a wildflower meadow but actually it, it needs a bit of uh, effort put in tell us how you did it well I well dear Gareth Kinsella dug up my turf and my, my lawn grass. Oh, and, he's so and very dear. I, I know, like he him. really yeah. is. Oh, Gareth. Yeah. Superstar. And Love he him. said, he <laughs> said, don't just put a strip down the middle. I was just like, Let, I, I'll tell you how it really started is I was opening the garden first and only every time for perennial. Mm-hmm. And I thought, they, I mean, there is nothing to see in my garden. It is, you know, <laughs> so it's not a rectangular true. lawn with a rect- with two beds down the sides. And, and I just thought, I've got to kind of make it so, so, so more <laughs> interesting. So I thought, I know, I'll just do this wild, wildflower thing. And, and so I rang the Wildflower Turf Company, and Helen there is genius. And she just said, yeah, you want native mix for, you know, mm-hmm. your, our bees and, and um, pollinators. And and Gareth said, don't have it just running down the middle of the lawn. Have it have a meandering path through it where you can really, yeah. you know, enjoy that little moment when you're mid, you know, mid meander. And honestly, it is the most compelling viewing and the best magic, most magical thing that uh, I've ever done. It's mm. I'll tell you what it it really is good for though is I have a terrible tidying tendency and. There is nothing that you can do to keep it tidy, to keep it under control, <laughs> to make it look good. It does what it wants to do, and I and it and it amuses me because I just think, ha, huh, this this is like this is gonna teach you once and for all that you just can't be in charge and in control of everything. That's so way. interesting to hear yeah. about your yeah. your that side of your personality. When I would have said that so many yeah, of your yeah. beds are kind of they're disciplined, but they're kind of quite wild as well. But you know, mm. so that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. I ne- recommend it. I put, you know just be brave. I mean, you know, just go for it. I just can't. You'll never regret it. And wildflower turf is a very cunning way to go, actually. So that's yeah. your top tip. Brilliant. Yeah, top tip. Thank you. Right. What flower? You've said you haven't got an awful lot of time for gardening yourself, but do you grow any flowers from seed? And if so, what? Would would you recommend growing? I'm embarrassed to say that I grow one and only one thing from seed, and that is nigella because it's so foolproof. And <laughs> I, I just know that if I scatter it, it will come. That's and fantastic. I... I'm so pleased to hear that because we've, um, I think both Letitia and me are terrible at sowing way too much all the time, and um, and and you can't really keep on top of it. But actually, narrowing down what you're really good at and what you like, and just scattering it around, which yeah. nigella particularly good for that's a fantastic oh, thing so uh, and it's a really good value plant as well isn't it because you get the flower I love it oh god amazing love flowers it. amazing seed heads and it just chucks itself everywhere lovely right okay this one's a little bit more um kind of uh deep and and, and meaningful things you wish you'd known when you started out mm, oh god honestly i wish i had I knew how to run a computer a bit better, actually. It sounds so <laughs> pathetic. How pathetic and sad is that? I Before I did my course at the London College of Garden Design, I didn't own a laptop. I mean, oh, and when no. I arrived for our first day at CAD, 
I wasn't even sure how to turn my laptop on. And the disdainful <laughs> looks I got from my young, groovy fellow classmates were, it was shocking. I was yeah, like, but uh, you know what? You, you, you won the People's Choice and Gold Medal. So, uh, where do you know what? Guys. Anyway, so yeah, a little bit of computer skills. I just, you know, I mean, not just sort of SketchUp. I hmm. mean, I'm talking like Excel yeah photoshop i mean it would be just quite handy how to, to turn it little... on yeah virtually <laughs> just to let our, our view our, our listeners know sketchup is a is a gardening design kind of uh what is it program Three, it's a yeah, 3d it's a program 3D that's free yeah. but anyway have a look into that if you're interested in just looking at your own space in 3d and playing around with it on the computer sketchup but not mm. if you're butter you know, God. <laughs> anyway, you and give I, it to someone else to do. It's brilliant. Exactly. Learn the <laughs> art of delegation. Um, and our final question is, uh, and this is um, scented plants that you would mm. like to incorporate in your gardens. What do you have for us there? Well, I um, love a climbing rose, of course. I love any rose, mm -hmm. but I'm mad about Madame Alfred Carrier. I think she um, will oh, grow so and flower good. successfully on a north-facing wall, which yeah. you know. Thank you so much. Who does that happily? And so she's a, a firm favorite. Um, there's one that is less well known, but very vigorous. So beware. But that's Stontonia hexaphylla. I don't know whether mm, anyone know knows that one. that one, but stunningly <gasps> scented, stunningly scented, sort of like inhabit Clematis armandii, which also is, of course, nicely scented, mm. um, evergreen twining out of control but a really good doer and and will cover your walls and anywhere you happen to put it you know it pretty quickly but beware it does it is it is a fast moving you know, <laughs> something that requires tidying yes exactly i'm looking at mine on the back wall and it's so out of control <laughs> and then i would say um well two more really akibia quinata mm -hmm. it, although yeah. it's very delicate in scent. Yeah. It does have a very, very charmingly sweet scent and early little flower mm. and round, round leaves. No other client. No, very few plants have almost round leaves. And mm. the, uh, your Amelanchi, of course, has roundish leaves, and this little climber has round leaves, and, yeah. and I think it's charming. And, and it then will do north yeah. wall as well, won't it? Exactly, exactly. And then of course Tracheospermum. Just yeah, amazing. which we cannot be without. No, we cannot be without. No, it's an Not amazing that. year for it this year, isn't just, it? Mm. Isn't it? And the roses. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I keep hearing what a great year it's been for roses. Have you all? Yeah, that as well? definitely. Yeah, but, but I've mm. noticed Tracheospermum. Uh, I was ju I was just in Spain recently. Um, and thinking, oh, you know, trackless bone doesn't grow like this in London. And I got back and it was like that. <laughs> it's amazing. Excellent. Excellent. Gosh. Yeah. So that, those are my, t my, t my top four, I'd say. So, Butter, thank you so very much for being with us today. We have learned so much. There's oh. so much top tippery going on here. Um, and I hope so. as I said, I'm going to put everything in the show notes. Um, what have you got any projects coming up that we need to know about? Where can we find you online? Well, um, I've got a, I've got, yes, I've got some really good work on. I have to say, I've got, um, I've got a very nice project that Outdoor Room is building for me up in Notting Hill, and then I've got, um, I've got some 
main contractor is doing a couple of projects for me. So that's fun. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, nicely busy. Nicely, nicely busy. So Good. thank you. For and that. so I will put links to your website and your Twitter and your Instagram on, on the you. show notes as well. And um, again, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And thank you yeah. so much for taking the time. Silly. We know how busy you are. It'll be silly. It's been pure, <laughs> my purest pleasure. So thank you very much indeed. Thank okay, you, Buffy. Okay. That was great, wasn't it? So brilliant. She's so inspiring, isn't she? Um, and also just so down to earth. You can really connect with everything she's saying. Yeah, and really generous with her knowledge as well. Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm really loving this shameless kind of plundering of our guests' trade secrets. <laughs> it's brilliant. Absolutely shameless, which is absolutely right. <laughs> and if there's any gardening info that you, dear listener, would like us to find out for you, or someone in particular that you'd like to quiz on the Virgin Gardener podcast, do drop us an email at virgingardenerpodcast at gmail.com That's right, we're keen to hear from you. In the meantime, she's Letitia. Oh, and he's Andrew. You can find me at letitiamacloof.com That's L-A-E-T-I-T-I-A M-A-K-L-O-U-F dot com And I'm at gardensweedsandwords.com I love it.